I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, as the Omicron variant surges, a record record high number of people have quit their jobs, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics from a uh, November report. But are the numbers related to the infection rate? What is really driving this and uh, how do we uh, stem the tide? Elizabeth Schulze is joining us to to talk about the reason so many people are quitting their jobs. I mean, this is two decades uh, record in terms of people saying, uh, I'm out. It absolutely is. We saw four and a half million workers quit in the month of November alone. That's the highest number on record, according to the Labor Department. And frankly, we see where some of these workers are are quitting from. The industries, particularly in leisure and hospitality and in healthcare, showed the biggest amount of turnover in November. And, you know, some economists have kind of called this the great resignation. We've seen this trend of workers leaving their jobs kind of throughout the pandemic, really in record numbers. The reality is a lot of these workers are not just quitting and saying, I quit and staying at home. They're taking new jobs. They're taking higher paying jobs because the labor market is so tight right now. They have the option to look around and to take other jobs that maybe could get them more of what they're looking for, at least when it comes to pay. Yeah. And, and it seems to me that the, the pay component, because most of them, as I understand, are not really shifting inter, uh, industries per se. They're actually going to That's similar right. jobs with just increased pay. Yeah, we're seeing this real kind of increase in wages among industries that, for example, restaurants, service jobs that are typically haven't had higher wage hikes in recent years. We're seeing them raise wages because they're trying to compete to keep workers on. So there, there is this leverage the workers have where they say, if you can't match, I'm just going to go down the street to the business that will pay me higher in what I'm looking for. You know, this is something that we expect will continue as we see this kind of disconnect between the number of job openings and the number of Americans looking for work. So this latest report shows that there were 10.6 million job openings in the month of November. There are only about 7 million Americans currently working for work, currently looking for work during that time. So they do have their fair share of options to choose. And likely the number of openings would continue to go up as we see businesses continue to reopen. Obviously, the big question mark then is, is Omicron and will that cause a slowdown in business reopenings? Will it mean that some uh, businesses pull back on hiring? And that's one of the things we're looking for when it comes to kind of forward looking here in the economy. Yeah. This data is talking about the month of November before we saw this this Omicron spike. Right. And Elizabeth, I, I wanted to ask you and get your, your take in terms of the the role of inflation in all of this, while some mm. people have been able to get increased pay in some of these jobs, are they now with sort of feeling that pinch of some of the increases at the pump and the grocery store, uh, are they now kind of chasing a little bit in terms of getting 
just a little bit more on the, the wage side to deal with some of the inflation issues. It's such an important point because it doesn't really matter how much your wages are going up if inflation is going up more. You know, wipes out a lot of the gains that you might see from those higher wages if it means you're also paying more for your basic essentials like groceries or food or, or, or gas, which is what we're seeing in the data. So, and, and one of the realities of the economy right now is that inflation has been going up at a fast pace. So wages really are kind of keeping up with that. It doesn't mean that people are bringing home a bonus every time that they're getting their paycheck. The question is how much these kind of wage hikes will continue going forward. If this is a current phenomenon that we're seeing because of the labor shortages throughout the pandemic, if wages do continue to go up you know, at this faster pace that we saw in the past year, that could ultimately mean that inflation does continue to go up higher. And then the real kind of question there is, is what that would do for the economic recovery if policymakers like the Federal Reserve respond to try to pull back some of the stimulus that they've been doing and, and raise interest rates. And that would have even wider implications and could hit those people in those lower wage sectors, uh, even the hardest there, too. Yeah, often they are the ones who, uh, with all of the swings, uh, they are the most vulnerable, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to get your perspective, Elizabeth, as it relates to uh, kind of the uh, the quality of living question that seems to have come up. So many have recognized or been able to figure out a way to work remotely. Uh, and so suddenly that's changed, I think, the way a lot of uh, people's view about their work and how it defines them or drives them or, or runs their days. It does. And, you know, one trend that we've seen in these quit numbers is that there are a lot of workers. It's hard to know exactly how many because the data isn't as granular as we hope it would be. But there are some who've just said they're going to retire early. You know, they say that they're going to look that now is the time that they've kind of reassessed throughout the pandemic. People are taking more flexibility in their jobs into consideration. So a lot of workers anecdotally say that they've quit because they want to work for themselves or they want to be freelance or self-employed and and working on a more flexible schedule. You know, there is the option to do that in a lot of the jobs that we've seen kind of in the sectors that we've seen throughout the pandemic do really well, service jobs, delivery jobs, for example. But ultimately, you know, how much that is kind of behind this labor shortage that we see and this gap between the number of job openings and the number of Americans looking for work, it's going to take a little bit of while for clarity on who exactly those workers are, how many of them did it for that kind of change of pace that they reassessed throughout this past really two years now of of COVID. Yeah, and then finally, I wanted to ask you about uh, how this is impacting businesses, and particularly small businesses, I think, that have been just hurt so significantly during the course of the pandemic. Now they're sort of chasing employees, having a hard time filling things, having a hard time keeping up with uh, rates and, and keeping profitable. What are we seeing from the business community? How are they feeling about it? What is that going to do to their prospects and, again, towards the overall economic impact? It's a big question, and you're, you're absolutely right. Small business makes up such an important part of our overall economy. And if they cannot pay their workers because their margins are just too tight, that means that some businesses could be forced to close. Now, so far, you know, a lot of the businesses, at least some that I've been talking to, have absorbed some of the higher costs associated with raising wages. And they've been able to either kind of find that that extra room in their, in their own uh, balance sheets, or they are passing down the cost to consumers. And that's Something that we see, for example, in the restaurant industry where where workers, employers say, if we're trying to pay workers a higher competitive rate, then that means you as a diner at our restaurant are probably going to pay a little bit more. 
that hasn't really stopped people yet from going to restaurants. You know, we've seen really strong consumer demand and spending has been pretty, pretty resilient, even as COVID has kind of seen these spikes come and go. So as long as consumers are kind of the, the main driver and they are willing to absorb some of those costs, it might not be the end of the world for some of the small businesses, but we don't yet know how that's going to play out, how long it will take for consumers to really feel the pinch of higher prices. If they do start pulling back spending, that would not be good news, especially for some of those small companies. Yeah. And then finally, Elizabeth, this is you continue to dig into to all the data, uh, which we love. Uh, <laughs> was, was there anything in there that surprised you or is there anything that we should be looking at on the horizon that you just don't think we're paying attention to yet? I think one of the notions, and I touched on this a bit in the beginning, but this term, the great resignation, has been really kind of thrown out over COVID, over the course of the pandemic and COVID. And we've heard this idea that a lot of people are just quitting, that they have this financial cushion, that they can stay home, they don't need to work. Really what this data kind of indicates is that workers have the option to switch jobs more so than just quit altogether. So some of it is just in the phrasing that the government calls these quits, but really they're not quitting working altogether. They're just looking for new opportunities. I think we're going to hear more about this kind of switching economy versus this quitting economy uh, a little bit more going forward over the next year or so. Oh, fantastic. Elizabeth Schultz, you always appreciate your perspective. Great insight, great data, uh, really important for all of us as we look at uh, what lies ahead in uh, what will be a very interesting 2022. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be with you. All right. Uh, again, that's Elizabeth Schulze joining us and uh, love her perspective on a lot of this. Uh, it's hard to believe 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November. Uh, that's a big number. Uh, and as Elizabeth pointed out, a lot of them are not just quitting and leaving the labor market altogether. They're switching their job switching and they're often uh, chasing that promotion or that new opportunity or that upgrade in terms of salary or compensation or hourly wage. Uh, and so that creates all kinds of challenges. We talked about how that could impact inflation, how that could impact what happens generally in terms of the economy. Uh, and so there's a, there's a lot that's coming that I think is is going to be very fascinating for us to watch and track uh, as it relates to how businesses respond to this, how public policy responds to this in terms of government uh, and what the American people continue to do uh, and how that rolls out as we roll in uh, to the new year. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour break. Uh, much more to come here on Inside Sources. We're going to get a little curious with someone that you might think curious to be on this show, Sarah Silverman. Uh, interesting comment over the weekend. We're going to talk about what she had to say about being curious. Coming up next, stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> 